2: Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Jacobs. Co-host TJ Inman will be along with us shortly. We have a lot of talk about Indiana's big win at Nebraska, 38-31, full eligibility, and the first night game ever uh, in November in the history of Memorial Stadium coming up against Northwestern. But first, we have a word from our partners at MyBookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives, gives you more ways to win. And if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ch- code chair to activate this uh, uh, offer. That's promo code chair C H A I R to double your, double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Uh, we welcome in T J Inman. T J, happy Monday to you. Uh, a celebratory Monday. Uh here in Hoosier land, how are you
1: feeling after that thriller
2: in Lincoln on Saturday
1: definitely still uh still exhilarated thinking about it um and I've kind of i know a lot of i u fans just kind of soaking in uh, all the coverage all the content and uh it's really been a pleasure to um cover this team so far this season and be along for this ride in in this tiny way and um I know that uh like what Fillier was asked today. Um, and I thought it was very telling and very cool. He was asked you know um you know what's kind of what's it like being a part of a team that's um striving to win seven or eight games or something like that along those lines and uh Walt Fillier just very serious. His only response was, You mean ten um I think it was very telling this look, i u fans are rightfully rejoicing and um I hope that the players enjoyed it as well and the coaches enjoyed, you know, what it means to go and win at Nebraska um, and what it means to get that sixth victory uh, and that, that reward. But um, I do think that this Indiana team, uh, they're not done. You know, we as fans, we can, we can soak it up and talk about what's this mean for the rest of the season? What's this mean for bowl destinations, all that stuff. But, Uh, it really does seem like so far the Indiana players are uh, doing what's required and that's focusing on Northwestern, which is the next task at hand and getting that next win to keep building.
2: Yeah, it it was a a very big win. And and when we, when I talked to players before the Nebraska team, uh, you know, people asked, Oh, you're, uh, you know, you're going for your sixth win. Uh, You know, how many more wins can you get after five? And, You know, I think it was Marcelino Ball, and his answer was as many as we can. Uh, You know, we have how many? Five games left. We're trying to win five more games. Um, So, you know, I think that's the attitude that this Indiana football team has taken. Um, Now, it's our jobs to try and, uh, you know, predict where you know the next coming up games and and going to Penn State and playing Michigan at home are going to be difficult. You have Northwestern coming in this weekend. Uh, which should be a good matchup for IU. And then of course you've got to go to West Lafayette uh, to play Purdue in the bucket game, which, you know, a rivalry game, all bets are off. They, they might be healthy um, and, and have their, their squad ready to go uh, in the last week of the season. But from the beginning of the season, Tom Allen has preached this one game at a time attitude. And I think it's really, really paying off. It's, this week is, you know, this week it's Northwestern. Last week it was uh Nebraska and and, and things like that. So this 1 and 0, we want to be 1 and 0 this week mentality uh is paying paying off. They've flushed bad performances against Ohio State even though Ohio State is doing that to everybody. Um mm-hmm. you know, and then you, you, they don't look back at Michigan State as a missed opportunity yet either. Uh, and Michigan State's kind of falling apart down down the stretch here, and we'll see how that situation unfolds. But that was a game. As a fan, you look back and go, "Oh man, uh, if if we got a hand on a ball here or there, uh, you know, maybe we're talking about a seven and one Indiana team instead of a six and two uh, Indiana team." But they flushed those things. You're you're going into Northwestern at six and two. I thought that win at Nebraska was uh, just tremendous. You went in there, yes, Peyton Ramsey has, um, you know, a starting experience. Yes, he's played at the big house. Yeah, he's gone into Ohio State and battled them. Uh, but this was – I thought it was the the loudest Big Ten stadium I had been in. Um,
1: yeah, uh, to well, date. I, I've been in fan the fans. general – the general game day experience, if you could talk about that. Cause you, you went, covered the game for, for Hoosier Huddle, first time to Lincoln, uh, and that kind of not necessarily historic venue, but just historic destination as far as college football traditions concern. concerned. Uh, what were your thoughts and impressions on uh, just the overall experience that uh, getting to go cover an Indiana game that uh, Indiana was able to go in there and win?
2: Yeah, this is a this is a trip I was super excited about. I've now been to all uh fourteen big ten schools. I technically have been to all fourteen stadiums except for Minnesota. I went to the stupid Metrodome, uh, but that place has I think long been blown up. So I do have to circle back to Minnesota eventually and get to C- TCF Bank Stadium. But um I was excited to go to Lincoln. I was kinda disappointed going around this, you know, we, we came in Friday night, we met up with, with some IU alumni and had a great time, but there there was really nobody around downtown in the Haymarket area. You saw a small pep rally and things like that. So it was kind of weird not seeing the buzz that you see around, uh, you know, Ohio state uh, Friday nights before the game and, and some other places, but understood it, it's kind of you know it's a four and three Northwest um, Nebraska team you know it's kind of been a disappointing season for them and you know walking around the stadium before the game I went to their unity walk which is uh, their walk from the bus to the stadium and that was pretty cool but there was no you know fans were just kind of walking in silence. there was no go big red chance to each other. Um, there was no let's go Huskers and, and this was, you know, I, I went into the stadium about two hours before the game. Uh, but you know, just around, around the stadium is kind of muted. Uh, but once, once they filled that stadium, they, they had 86,000 or, or whatever it was, um, 89,000, uh, at that game, they were loud. Uh, and, and they were loud every time they made a big play, every time their defense needed to stop. And I I'm in the radio booth. Uh, with don and uh and Buck, and we have the window open and there are times where where Nebraska makes a big play or needs a big play i c- and I sit about two 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 feet away from from fish and i can't hear him talking uh and that's how loud it was it's probably the loudest big ten venue i I'd, I'd been in i've been in the stands at michigan i've been on the field at ohio state um But this, to me, this is just a deafening. I don't know if it was the structure of the stadium that just goes straight up and the other ones are a little bit more spread out uh, or the the majority of the crowds in the end zones uh, looking in. Uh, It was was a really cool uh, stadium to be in. It was really loud. And then after the game, it's quiet again. So it was interesting to see the attitude of of Nebraska fans, which – to me, have been like IU basketball fans, where you have this once proud program who was winning national titles. They both have five national titles. They were kind of relevant in in the late '90s, early two. Or you know, they were very relevant. Nebraska was very relevant in the late '90s. They kind of faded out after 2001, after Miami. Um, beat them but you know that began to go downhill when Tom Osborne retired kind of like you know when Bobby Knight was fired at IU and it's kind of a, an elitist mentality where you think you deserve to be better than you actually are um and there are things that Nebraska has done they they fired Bo Pelini they brought in Mike Riley who, who really didn't do a good job at all um and talking to some of their fans there that they, they Riley, you know, did. there was no accountability in that program. Guys didn't run or lift or, you know, things like that. And then you bring in Scott Frost, who's supposed to be the answer. Um, mm-hmm. And he just, you know, they thought he can wave a magic wand and, and, um, and fix things. But after four and eight year last year, they're sitting at four and four this year. They're 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 understandably frustrated, but they also have a long way to go in in order to get back to national relevance. And it's I I really think leaving the Big Twelve really hurt them uh, in in terms of program program identity. You know the the Big Twelve it's a great conference, but the way you win games in the Big Twelve is a lot different than you win games and how you have to shape your team in in the Big Ten. Uh, They lost that Texas pipeline. You you kind of – and driving to Nebraska, you know – you just – you learn how isolated it is. There is no direct flights to Lincoln. You have to fly to Omaha and drive. It's very tough recruiting. Uh, So you kind of lost that identity leaving the Big 12. I get it, but it, it was a great atmosphere. The tunnel walk coming out, they, they played the old Bulls theme. Uh, that was cool. Um, the one thing I didn't like was every time an IU guy got hurt, that they, they started booing. And I, yep. I, I was just disappointed, um, especially now that it's learned that Thomas Allen's out for the year. He, the guy got booed off the field twice. And, and I think even the second time, maybe they started to clap because they realized, uh, yeah, this guy's legitimately hurt. Well, he's out for the year. I was I was very disappointed in that. These are supposed to be some of the best fans in college football and some of the most respectful fans and polite fans. And, and every time an IU player went down, now I'm not saying IU didn't flop, but I, I don't think you didn't see – it wasn't an egregious, oh, he's standing there like uh, – Man, what was it? Uh, there was a game last weekend where the guy just, like, took a dive. And and you see it right. all the time in college football. But I don't think it was that. You had guys who were legitimately banged up uh, and, and had to get removed and, and things like that. But, you know, it, it, was, it was a pretty cool atmosphere to go to. And, and now I'll be gauging the sound of other stadiums to Nebraska and see if, you know, maybe – See if I'm correct in that. When I go to Penn State in a couple weeks, I want to see how loud Penn State is uh, as well uh, in terms of that. But what a what an atmosphere, what a win for IU to go in there, uh, take a 14-point lead, get a big fourth down stop, take the ball and, you know, kind of run it down their throats the last three and a half minutes, take a knee. And it wasn't a relaxing win, but to end the game on the road against – Nebraska in a stadium of 89,000 to be able to take a knee and run out the last minute and 50 seconds. um, It it felt good. Uh, And Tom Allen, you know, he was emotional after the game and and things like that. And I, I noticed there are no more Tom Allen's just the high school coach comments right now uh, and, and things like that. So, you know, he's trusted his process and his process right now is working. We'll see where it goes yep. and how far he could take them. But right now, they're sitting at 6-2. and two. you got Northwestern coming in, and they played a gutty, gritty football game. You know, Peyton Ramsey took a shot to the sternum. Could have been called targeting. Should have been called a late hit. Uh, yep. He was definitely hurting the rest of the game. It definitely affected the way he threw the ball. But, man, oh, man, that kid is tough. He went in there, through for 351 yards. Yes, this Nebraska defense isn't, uh, you know, your grandfather's Nebraska defense or even your father's Nebraska defense. But to go in there um, without Simon Stepniak, uh, who, who missed a game with an undisclosed injury that, that looked like a game-time decision, and mm-hmm. go in there and, and basically he did whatever he wanted to do, uh was tremendous, and he has been tremendous. And, and Tom Allen said today. I know fans have been talking about uh, quarterback controversy. Do you start Ramsey over Penix? Allen put the kibosh on that, uh, saying Penix is their starter. While well, he appreciates and and, and um, loves what Peyton Ramsey has done, Mike Mike's the starter. And if he's not ready to go, Peyton's Peyton's going to do his thing. So I I think the quarterback room is in really good shape in terms of they, they understand the pecking order and Peyton Ramsey knows what his role is. His role is, you know, he's, he's the backup guy, but his role is to be ready to go. And he, and to his credit, he didn't sulk. He didn't put his head down. He's focused. He's gotten the game plan down and he goes out and plays football. He controls what he can control. He can't control what Michael Penix does. You know, it, Penix is blessed with a left mm-hmm. arm that is a cannon. Peyton Ramsey doesn't have that natural ability. What he does have is a heck of a head on his shoulders and and the guts of a Marine. And that's what he brings to the table. And so more credit to him. Uh, you know, yeah, there, there were still some silly penalties uh, and things like that, but the defense got two huge turnovers. Alfred Bryant made a heck of a play Coming back up on a pass to punch the ball out uh jamar Johnson improvised, got the quarterback a strip sack uh Alan Stallings should have had a touchdown, but when talking to jamar uh-huh. Johnson after the game talking to him after the game, he's right he's like i didn't know how to I didn't know how to block the quarterback. I didn't know you know he was kind of in that no man's land where You know, peel-back blocks really aren't allowed anymore, especially on the quarterback uh, and things like that, where they called Juwan Burgess for for roughing a a hit after the play. Um, That was kind of – I get why they threw the flag, but the guy kept running, and he was barely out of bounds. So you can't blame Burgess for that because, God forbid, they don't call him out of bounds. He runs for a touchdown. And we all know the competency of Big Ten referees that would have stood – and that's a big play. Um, so just, you know, that was the answer I was looking for. Not, oh, I thought, you know, he did think Alan Stallings had the touchdown, but not, oh, I, you know, I I just pulled up. It was, didn't really know what to do because fans would be all over him if he blocks that guy in the back. And you have sure. to bring it all the way back. So, you know, there's no harm, no foul. I thought that was a really intelligent, mature answer. And it's just a heck of a win in Lincoln. Um, what what were your thoughts? I, I've been vamping for 18 minutes nope. now, so go ahead with your thoughts, TJ.
1: I mean, I, I just in general, uh, I, I I know. Well, we can't say this for a fact, but I think it is. We have ample evidence to suggest that previous Indiana teams, uh, even as recently as last season. If they fall behind fourteen to three at a place like Nebraska with the atmosphere that that they were facing, uh, I think it is fair to say that they fold up shop uh, and just you know say, "Well, we got Northwestern in their heads. I think we got northwestern next week uh we'll We'll go at it again next week. here we go um, Indiana this year, not only did they not fold up shop, they battled back. Uh, managed to score on a much much needed. I mean that that I think that the game really became a football game as opposed to uh, a Nebraska clinic and, and a kind of a rejuvenating Saturday for them. But Indiana took the ball down 14 to 3, marched down the field and scored. Yes, I know that they missed the extra point, but still it it let Nebraska know, no you're you're not just going to run over us just because we're Indiana. Uh, we're gonna fight today. And yeah, and previous arms. and previous Indiana teams probably get rattled that your kicker hasn't missed
2: kick all year. Sure, you yeah. know, let one go wide left, and 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 that that wind was brutal on on Saturday, TJ.
1: Yeah, it it definitely looked like uh, you could tell on kickoffs that the guys were having to be very careful on and I do want to give a credit uh, credit to Indiana's kickoff unit uh, because they didn't have any mistakes with that win. They were able to uh, – to, I don't know if they had a touchback every time, uh, but it, it was a very, very good day kicking off the ball for Smoller. Uh, credit to him, that's going to go unnoticed. But uh, he dealt with some very fierce wind and, and got that done. And uh, Logan Justice, you know, had that one mix-up, but had a nice day otherwise. Um, and then, you know, Ramsey, I think, has improved so much in his decision-making. He made one poor decision uh, where he threw a ball in, in close proximity that he shouldn't have. He went a little bit behind um, the receiver and I think it Walker that he was trying to get into. Uh, you know, it got picked off. Other than that one decision, uh, Ramsey made really no errors as far as decision-making goes, and that was – uh, has been incredibly impressive in his playing season, and I think a lot of growth. That credit to him, credit and credit to Kalen DeBoer and Nick Sheridan and whoever else has worked on that with them, uh, because he really has improved a lot in that regard. Uh, I thought Indiana had a tough time with the change at quarterback as Luke McCaffrey came in, really hurt IU with his legs, uh, and in Wondell Robinson playing makes a huge difference for Nebraska's offense. He really is their one uh, difference maker on he's offense. He's really and, good. And yeah, yeah, he's kind of their one he's difference really, maker on really offense. He's really, really good. And we knew that going in. We knew that if he plays, it makes a huge difference. Uh, and he was able to go, and I thought looked pretty healthy and uh, looked very dangerous with the ball. And I, I think Indiana did a pretty nice job on him, really, uh, preventing him from having any huge plays. Um uh, you know, he had success, but there weren't any gigantic explosive plays from him. So credit to IU's defense there. And like you said, they are doing enough on the defensive side of the ball, making those takeaways, getting stops uh, just enough, and letting the offense, which, you know, don't look now, but the Hoosiers right now appear uh, darn near automatic to get the 30 mm-hmm. points regardless of who the quarterback is. Uh and if they can, you know, the defense just has to keep that in mind. Look, play aggressive, bring that pressure, force those couple of takeaways and trust the offense to be able to do enough to get you the win. And that's what I use doing. Uh, it, it was a exhilarating performance for Indiana. It's definitely not perfect, but, uh, you know, I, and I do want to point out if you have not watched Tom Allen's postgame press conference, um, you know, I, I think you should, uh, it, uh, it was about 12 minutes, and it, it really showed, not that we haven't seen this before, but I thought Tom Allen gave very insightful answers into why this victory was so important, into what it means uh, for him and for this team. And then uh, as as we put up an article today, um, you know, he he basically made a plea to the fans as to why this team deserves and has earned your support this coming Saturday. And I, I just thought it was a very... Uh, a passionate, uh, passionate press conference from Tom Allen uh, that shows to me why so many Indiana fans that, that have really followed this program uh, are so behind this guy and, and really want to see success like we've seen this year with him at the helm. Um, you know, I'll put on a fan hat for a little bit here and say that I'm proud he's Indiana's head football coach. So I think he represents the university uh, in, in the best way possible. Yeah, he's done a tremendous job. And, you
2: know, people will criticize how he was hired, which is fair. It was a a crazy time in IU football and how he was hired. But I think Fred Fred Glass knew knew that Tom Allen was kind of the right guy for it. Yeah, it was a very risky move. You're – you're taking a guy who who has been a defensive coordinator in the Big Ten for a year. He was defensive coordinator at USF, and people will say that he was only a head coach in in high school. Well, guess what? Kevin Wilson, his only head coaching experience was at high school, and his team went winless. Uh, So that's – everybody has to start somewhere. Uh, Uh And I think Fred Glass kind of knew what he had in Tom Allen, rolled the dice, and – it's taken a couple of years and you could see the, the steps, the evolution of Tom Allen from year one, two to three. And yeah, it's learning on the run, but that is, and I don't want to say it's a luxury at Indiana, but that's the luxury that they had is okay. You know, we're, we're not blowing this whole thing up. Like we're a 10 win team and, and building from scratch. We've got a little bit of a foundation built. Let's see what we could do if this guy can evolve into the coach we think he could do. And that's the chances that IU has to take. Now, yep. there's been talk about extensions, and I believe Tom Allen earned a $200,000 bonus for winning this game, and I think every win on out is another $100,000 um, for him. So for his him. lowest paid – yeah it, it's great for him the lowest paid coach stuff it, it should stop but i'd rather underpay for wins than overpay for wins um right now and, and you know people talking about extensions it's too early don't don't um he's got i believe three years left on his contract uh including this year i uh, i think including next year so seventeen eighteen nineteen he's got three years left you you don't have to Force it, uh, you know. You can no. hold your cards a little bit and and see what he does next year, and then work I think it's out of the time. Nobody,
1: yeah. I, I think Tom Allen, Allen to wants to be at IU.
2: Yes, Tom Allen wants to be at IU. He's not leaving for a program that's especially with the success he's having now. He's not leaving for a program. That's similar. Now, if Ohio State came and, and said, "Hey, Tom Allen, you want to be head coach?" I'm sure he's probably going to leave. But that's not going to happen. You no. know, these blue blood programs are not going to come in and try and poach Tom Allen. Um, you, you gotta, you know, you're right, TJ. You gotta keep these assistants. You gotta keep Mike Hart. You gotta somebody's going to come after Kalen DeBoer. Indiana's got to be yep. the, um, the top. The top. Um, pass offense in the conference if you combine the numbers top pass offense in the conference uh and look if Kalen the gets a head coach head coaching offer yeah you can't really compete with that uh, but you got to keep the staff intact maybe increase the pool on there if you want to re you know tom allen's bonus structure you're paying the guy for wins if you want to take a look after next year and say hey We've got two years left on this deal. Let's <laughs> rework it, add a, add a couple years for recruiting. Sure. But, you know, at the first sign success, you just can't throw, and he did this with Wilson, and it came back to bite him. You just can't
1: throw a
2: uh, contract extension. And Tom Crean. Uh, you just can't throw a reactionary contract extension. Look, Fred Glass, is a, is an, he has a legal background. He's a lawyer. He's smart. He should know what he's doing, but you just can't be reactionary and say, Hey, let's give him a contract. Now that he has six wins, you know, let's pump the brakes, see what he does. And and when he needs a new contract, you go give him a new contract. Uh, So, you know, Tom Allen deserves a lot of credit and it's not a knock on Tom Allen to not extend him. It's just be patient with it. It, It's, it's, Gonna work itself out. He has a great bonus structure. He's gonna get paid, um, and he's—they're uh, not hurting for money. But it, it's—it'll take care of itself. All right, enough with that. Let's get on to Northwestern TJ. The Northwestern yeah. Wildcats come in at, at at one and six. They are ranked one thirtieth in—is it points scored? They're in the bottom whatever, 1% in, I think, every major offensive category, uh, which if their offense could have done anything this year, their defense is pretty good, and, and they should be better than 1-6. Than and six. So, yeah, total offense, they're 14th in the Big Ten. If you want to go nationally, they are 129th in total offense, only Old Dominion is worse. And Old Dominion has played in eight games. If you want to go passing offense, passing offense, they're 125th. But down in the passing offense, you have Wyoming, who's thrown 138 passes, Air Force, Navy, Army, and Georgia Southern. So they're the yep. worst passing offense that has actually throws the ball. Um, and then rushing offense, they're uh, – they're, they're not bad. I think they're at 93. They have a decent run game, and then in scoring offense, they're dead last. Yep, they're at 130, at 10.7 points per game. This is a an offense that Indiana's defense needs to have a big day against.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. Drake Anderson is a uh, Isaiah Bowser was expected to be their, their running back, and after a really good season last year for him. Uh, it's been a disappointment for sure. Drake, Drake Anderson is kind of the guy that um, has taken over for for them as their first running back. Uh, I think the biggest issues for them, the two of them, their offensive line has been very poor, both run blocking and especially pass blocking, very little time for either quarterback, whether it's Aiden Smith or Hunter Johnson. Um, unclear who's going to be playing on Saturday. It seems like they're going to stick with Aiden Smith, but um, I don't entirely know why, to be honest, because there's not any success being had, but Hunter Johnson wasn't having any either. Uh, both guys under 50% completion percentage and an average completion of just uh, right around four yards, which is dreadful. Um, the, the second biggest issue for them, just a complete lack of weapons at the receiver position, and uh, They've had some recruiting misses at receiver, some development misses at receiver. Uh, you know, you're used to having those guys that kind of undersize, but are able to, you know, beat you with their quickness and hands. Uh, they don't have that this year. Riley Lee's is their their best receiver, if you want to say that. And uh, you know, I, if I'll say this, if Riley Lee's is playing in Indiana, uh, he probably sees the field but he is well behind Indiana's top four options. Uh, he's well behind Billier, Fry Vogel, Westbrook, or Hale. Uh, they don't have any tight end that scares you like Hendershot does. Uh, as far as skill positions go, Indiana is vastly superior uh, to Northwestern. Now their defense, uh, very good, particularly at linebacker um, Patty Fisher, really, really good player. Uh, they've got They've got a really good linebacking core, uh, just a very solid defense. It's not going to get up a lot of big plays. They're going to force you to go on long drives and then try and shut you down in the red zone and, and get some takeaways. That's been their formula. Uh, it is a small margin for error formula. And when your offense just completely goes in the tank, it really doesn't matter how much your defense does because they're going to wear down. They're going to get demoralized. And, and I'm sure they go into games feeling like, look, if we give up 20 points, we're done. We're done. We're not going to win. And that has to be a uh, really deflating feeling for your defense that pretty much no matter what they do, uh, they're probably not going to do enough to get a win. So um, I think for me, Indiana, <laughs> a couple of keys would be uh, take care of the ball. Don't give Northwestern's offense short fields. Uh, don't help them on offense. You know, they're, they're in a bad way on that side of the ball. Don't help them. Don't give them any feeling of momentum, like giving them short fields with, through special teams or through, uh, through penalties or especially through turnovers. Um, and then, for me, the second key is going to be, obviously, playing against expectations. You know, this will be the first time for a lot of Indiana players that they're going to hear all week on campus how great they are uh battling that is going to be difficult because inevitably, it is human nature, you're going to really feel like, hey, we've accomplished something. We And they have. They have accomplished something. But it, it's going to be getting past that feeling to drive for more. Uh, it, it's something that applies to all areas of life. And today we're talking about football, so it applies to that for this season for Indiana. And that's going to be a big one for the players. Hopefully, it's a great atmosphere. Uh, hopefully, that the crowd does respond and shows up to support these guys. Um, you know that that if that happens, um, you know, hopefully the Hoosiers can go out there and uh, battle through the expectations, that feeling of complacency and of of success, and strive for more um, because this this is a, a spot that. None of these guys have been in before in an IU uniform, and a lot of us as as fans have not been here before uh, either. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Hoosiers respond. I will say that as far as opponents go, this is a pretty good one to be playing in this spot because I've watched a lot of Northwestern this this season, and I I just don't see the offensive firepower uh, to give IU a whole lot of problems. And I feel like if if Indiana's offense shows up and takes care of the ball, uh, I think they'll run away with this one.
2: Yeah, it's it's one of these games where you, I have a lot of respect for Northwestern and, and Pat Fitzgerald, Absolutely. but it's just it's yeah. one of, it's one of these years where nothing has gone their way, uh, no. and, and that's I mean that's really it's it stinks to them. At Northwestern it was a great story; they they won the West last year. They always play hard. Uh, they somehow find these talented guys to bring to Northwestern, and it's just it's you know sometimes uh, you you're real and sometimes you don't. So, you know, they they're gonna come in and, and be well coached. You know what Northwestern's all about, but you're right. This offense, if Indiana's offense takes care of the ball, cashes in on their opportunities like they did against Nebraska. Where they were six yep. six in the red zone with five touchdowns, uh, Indiana should have a you know a, a pretty decent time of handling this team. Now, look if if the offense turns the ball over and gives Northwestern, you know, and the defense makes some silly mistakes, then yeah, Northwestern is going to be right there. They're hungry for a win. They don't want to go one and eleven or two and ten this year. They they want to go out and and win some Big Ten games. This. this Team had won 16 straight Big Ten games coming into the year, I believe. And a lot of this. Mind boggling. Yeah. You you thought that, hey, yeah, they lost Clayton Thorson and and they lost some some other guys, but, you know, this defense is is pretty intact. And you brought in Hunter Johnson as a former five star recruit, and they just haven't performed. And you know maybe it's just one of those years for Northwestern where you just slog through it and get to the end of the year and, and thank God the year's over because uh, you know we, we've had those years at IU too. So yeah, we'll we'll see. What is your what is your matchup to watch, TJ?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with Indiana uh, Indiana's passing game against Northwestern's uh, secondary and linebackers. I think that is the strength for the Wildcats. Um, it's just that, that personnel grouping. I think they're really disciplined, really solid. Uh, like I said, don't give up a lot of explosive plays. They really make you work down the field. So I think Indiana's going to have to be disciplined um, in doing so and not trying to – because Northwestern is going to try to slow this game down, constrict Indiana's possessions, uh, and shrink this game to, to – be one that really gives them a better chance to win. It's absolutely the formula they should use. Um, Indiana cannot force it. They can't get frustrated by that. They've got to take what's there uh, and what's presented to them and just work their way down the field. And, look, if, if a big play opportunity is there, you, you connect on it and hopefully convert it. Uh, but don't get frustrated if if it turns into a bit of a grinder. Uh, just embrace that, be better at Northwestern, uh, be better than Northwestern at that style of game, which I think Indiana absolutely can do. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. I think Indiana's receivers, uh, by and large, have been playing really well, and I'm uh, excited to see that continue. Watt Fillier is having an all Big Ten type season, and uh, Saturday is another chance for him to do so. And I thought Fogle, uh had himself a very nice game when he was given opportunities. So it's it's kind of been a – it's been failure really all season. And then, you know, it seems like there's been one other guy, whether it's Hendershot, Freyfogle, Hale, uh, that, that one other guy has stepped up to help failure in each game. And it's kind of been a different guy to go with that constant that has been walked.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, my matchup to watch, TJ, I'm going to go off the field this time. Uh, and, and you – talked about it a little bit ago, is Indiana yeah. versus how they handle success. Everybody is blowing smoke up their butts this week. You know, you're bowl eligible. Uh, there's Us included. Could be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you're bowl eligible. Yeah. There could be eight, nine, ten wins on the table. They're telling you how awesome they were at Nebraska. Um, how do you handle that success? Do you kind of rest on the, your laurels, or do you come out uh, and I think Tom Allen's done a good job of, of making it a one-game season. Do so you come out with some fire, first night game at, at Memorial Stadium uh, in November in history, uh, and hopefully in front of a big crowd? And, and do you just have a massive celebration? Do you go out, be aggressive, play hard, and, and go celebrate with your home fans? Because um, guess what else is on the table this week, PJ? If they win this week, that clinches a winning record for IU – for the first time since 2007. So there's still mile markers to hit along this way before this season ends. And that's when Tom Allen, um, when he – Big Ten media days a couple years ago, listed numbers on the board. It was 10, 25, and 50. It had been 10 years – it had been 10 years since they had a winning season, 25 years since they won a bowl game, and 50 years since they went to the Rose Bowl and, and won the conference. So you could check off one of those marks this weekend with a win. You know I think they're going to have him – they're going to have the team uh, fired up to do that. Uh, But the crowd's got to show up. It's a night game. You have plenty of time. The only excuse that people have, and it's a weak excuse, is that it's going to be cold. It is going to be clear. It's going to be dry. The high is at 47. The low is 22. It is going to be cold, so bundle up. get Get in. Get your tickets. You know the weather report. It's not going to be like Penn State last year, which was a gorgeous day. And then all of a sudden the winds blew in and it turned freezing, uh, and, and things like that. You you know the weather report. You have plenty of time during the day to to have some beverages to warm you up. Uh, it, it should be. And they're dedicating the the statue to George Taliaferro outside the south end zone uh, before the game. So, you know, it, it should be a big day for Indiana football to, to come home in front of a big crowd. I've been tracking, trying to track this, the ticket sales um, through through the wrapping and it. And it looks like tickets are selling. They have some great deals going on, uh, as you pointed out, TJ. But to me, it's how do you handle success? Do You come out kind of flat after, after a big win at Nebraska and let Northwestern hang on? Ha- hang on, or do you do, you know, what you did to Eastern Illinois and Connecticut and just put them out of their misery early and and, and go on from there? So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if Michael Penix plays. It's a game-time decision again. We'll see if Simon Stepniak, whatever was bothering him, he's supposed to be fine uh, for this week. And, you know, if you have a full, healthy Hoosier team, now Thomas Allen is out for the year. Uh, but if you have a healthy, healthy IU team, it, it should help. And then you get an open week uh, to get even healthier before you you finish the final quarter of the season with Michigan. Uh, you know, with Penn State, Michigan, and Purdue. So, what are your what are your keys to to victory on Saturday, TJ?
1: I think we touched on them. Uh, you know, protect the ball, convert on your chances when you get into the red zone. Uh, don't let Northwestern's offense gain any momentum, and then, you know, show up to play. IU versus expectations, IU versus success, whatever, however you want to phrase that, but show up to play. Uh, you know, since we're short on time here, my prediction, I do think it's going to be kind of a frustrating game as, as things get going, but I think Indiana does pull away and gets a 31-13 to 13 win over Northwestern that will end up being fairly comfortable uh, by the second half.
2: Yeah, you know, taking care of the ball. I, I think cutting out these, the, you know, the just the silly penalties that that get teams back into the game. I, uh, you know, the WAP penalty for for taunting, uh, the the thirty yards of penalties at the end of the game, and then mm. gaining confidence on defense, getting the secondary. Who we've had all these expectations for coming into the year to play well. These safeties need to play well uh, in order for this defense to work, and they're not playing that well. Uh, You know, it's been a tough year for the safeties. So I think getting the safety play right, getting some confidence on defense, staying away from those silly penalties that, that keep bad teams in games, uh, and, and things like that. Indiana is the better team here. They have to play like it. Uh, and cashing in, all all those things, those are what good teams do over bad teams. And so it's going to come down to that. Uh, special teams could play a role. I thought it played a huge role on Saturday. Indiana won the, the average starting field position by 15 yards at Nebraska. Hayden Whitehead was phenomenal. Uh, in, in that game, I think he pinned Nebraska inside the 10-3 the times. It was inside the 23 times, but I think he got it inside the 10-3 times as well. Uh, so that's going to be huge. And then just playing with emotion and, and playing with that desire that, hey, we're not done yet. A lot of people are going to pat you on the back this week, us included. Hey, bowl eligible for the first time in October since 93. But Job's not done yet, and I think they know that, so my prediction t j it's going to be a cold it's going to be cold, which I think makes throwing the football a little bit difficult. ball gets slick, things like that. Northwestern probably wants to take the air out of the ball as well uh, it, it keep it out of the hands of the offense i'm going to go indiana twenty eight northwestern ten um it's just going to be one of those low possession games where you have to, you have to take advantage of your opportunities. Uh, but Indiana should win this one, uh, should win this one pretty comfortably. Um, you know, if they get a late field goal, I could see 31, 10, keep that 30 point streak alive, but I'm going to go 28, 10, which is a solid victory, especially in the cold, uh, over over Northwestern team who's had IU's number over, over the last decade or so, so that that's my prediction. TJ, any final thoughts before we sign off?
1: No, just like I opened the show with, it's uh, we're having a, a really fun season. It's a really we're enjoying covering this uh, this particular team, and uh, definitely looking forward to Saturday where they hopefully can. Continue this uh, this nice run, extend it to a four-game Big Ten winning streak, and uh, you know go into the bye week at at seven and two. It'd be uh, it'd be really impressive, and uh, you know I I just I, I think that uh, this team has has earned the fan support, uh, and I, I hope that we see that on Saturday with the great atmosphere. Yep. Well, that does not
2: for uh tonight's podcast TJ thank you for joining us everybody thank you for listening uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle come back to hoosierhuddle.com all week we have a ton of content coming out uh, players and coaches gave great quotes this week that's something TJ have noticed over the last couple of weeks is that the quotes from Alan and the players have been a lot better uh, than some of these canned quotes we we've gotten in the past uh, with coach speak so We enjoy that. We'll bring you all the content um, you need to cover this game. And Indiana kicks off against Northwestern at 7 o'clock. The game is on Fox Sports 1. Uh, It is at Memorial Stadium. Parking lot's open at 11 a.m. All right. Thank you, TJ, for joining us, and we'll talk next Monday. Thank you, everybody. Have a nice week. All right, that does it for tonight's podcast. Thank you to T.J. Inman for for joining me. Uh, Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us at Hoosier underscore Huddle on Twitter as well. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay warm and have a happy and safe Halloween.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. in the Coast Guard. We think it's all of the above and more. You'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber